This is an AMI podcast. You're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast with Chef Mary Mamaliti. The passion for eating and trying new foods and learning was always in me. And I love to share. During the holidays, we went to a cottage and I taught everyone how to make Chinese dumplings. I was in the kitchen and had cousins of all ages from like two to five to teenagers to older and gathered around to learn. And they were all very interested and they learned a new technique. It really filled me with joy. That's Mary Tang. She's a TV personality, food blogger, writer, and recipe developer of her brand, Mary's Happy Belly. She's passionate about teaching her children the importance of learning how to make and enjoy a delicious meal. Welcome, Mary, and thanks for joining me today. Oh, hi. So happy to be here. Thank you. For the people that don't know your story, your journey, take us, take a few minutes and walk us through who Mary Tang is. Okay, I'm uh, Mary Tang, and I'm the creator of my food blog and brand, Mary's Happy Belly. And I focus on Cantonese and Asian-inspired recipes. I love to eat. I'm very passionate about cooking and eating. A family. I have two kids. I live in Markham with my husband and two kids. I'm also a TV show host, a TV personality. And when I say I'm a blogger, I feel that I do lots of stuff. So including a recipe developer, a marketer, a food writer, a food photographer. I just want to continue learning and inspiring others. Well, how did you get started in the kitchen? Ooh, okay. So, I mean, my parents, mainly my mom and my grandma, always cooked from scratch. So growing up, there was always lots of food. We always ate together. And so I was mainly watching and I helped out where I could. So I was doing, I wouldn't say I was doing a lot of helping, but they would say, you know, maybe peel the garlic, you know, get this and that. And they would explain what the dishes were. So I was very interested at an early age in cooking and knowing what food was. I made all my school lunches pretty much when I was like five. Mm, they weren't really right. fancy, but I mean, I was still involved in getting it. After school snacks, if my you know my parents were working, I would come home, see what's in in the fridge, and it was fun because really I just had to make things up. So yeah, there's a piece of bread, there's a bologna, there's <laughs> like. And I think all that at a very young age was getting me interested in just being creative with what you had at home. And that's really how I cook now. And then when I moved out, I did a combination of stuff. I did some culinary classes and I started cooking a lot. I had no choice and, and to learn. And it really, I just really got inspired and really got into cooking and learning about ingredients, where food was coming from and just kind of went from there. What was the first recipe you could remember making? I'm just thinking of little Mary making something. Ooh, my first recipe, I would say would be toast with condensed milk. I know it's, it, it is actually a, I don't know if it's Chinese or Taiwanese snack where you would have toast and you would put a little bit of condensed milk. It's a sweet dessert. It's really good. It's very simple. I love that. So, because it reminds me of something that I had as a child. My mom said, you know, like, this is what we had as a sweet treat. They would take this, you know, like that crusty Italian bread. Yeah. Toast that up. She would drizzle a little bit of extra virgin olive oil over top, tiny bit, and then sprinkle sugar on it. 
So simple, but it just something like that reminds me of my childhood. And when you mentioned that automatically, it took me back there. Oh my goodness. That is so smart. I'm going to try that today. Right? (laughs) It's just, yeah, I'm trying the condensed milk. I have it in my pantry. So how did you transition from cooking with your mom, your mentor, to blogging and cooking on TV? So I would say the transition was smooth because I feel that the passion for eating and trying new foods and learning was always in me. So all of that from, you know, cooking and and learning was always Mm -hmm. absorbed and constantly learning. And so when I started to blog, it was a way for me to document my recipes. So I started blogging because when I was on mat leave, I'm like, I have a little bit of time on top of you know, feeding a baby, I was like, okay, let's start a blog. And I want to document um, recipes and give background and stories. And then for me, like television was TV was just another platform to be able to share recipes. So one was writing photography in food photography is another way of showcasing food, like the beauty of food and how you see it. And so it was just another art form and speaking form of sharing my recipes. So for people who do, for example, YouTube videos, it's really just another platform. So I would say that uh, it was a smooth transition, but definitely it takes practice. When I started in 2014 with my blog, I met Chef uh, Mark McEwen at, at an event. And I asked him and I said, look, like I just started blogging. I and I want to be on TV. Like a lot of people who aspired to be on TV, I just started. So I didn't know. And he said, his advice to me really stuck. And he said, be good at what you do. So in terms of cooking and the TV part will come. I love that. And I thought that was brilliant because I, I feel that instead of jumping in, like just if you want to be written about and all that stuff, it's like, go do what you love and all that other stuff will come, you know, like I didn't never ask for fame or any of that stuff. It's just really just, just do it because you love it. Like that's kind of the the main thing. Um, and as a tip for everyone else, like you can do it, you can do it now. You can start teaching. If you love to be on TV, like produce your own show, like you can be teaching on Instagram, on YouTube, apply to casting calls. It, it wasn't like I was sleeping in bed and someone just called me out of the blue and say, Hey, I have a show for you I went out and put myself out there so you need to put yourself out there okay do you want to play a couple of games with me yeah love games okay I've got the first one it's called this or that the choice is yours you can go with this or you can go with that life of the party or mingle and blend in life of the party (laughs) morning or evening evening pancakes or waffles waffles popcorn or chips Chips. Love chips. <laughs> it's <that> crunch. <laughs> Clean cups. Right side up or upside down in the cabinet? Oh, right side up. Berries or grapes? Berries. 100%. Super salad. Soup. This one gets a lot of people. Chicken breast or chicken thigh? Chicken thigh. That's an easy one. <laughs> <laughs> all the way. Yes. Hot sauce or barbecue sauce? I can't. I love. <laughs> I like spicy barbecue sauce. I mix the two. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say hot sauce. Yeah, I like the two. I like mixing them, but I'm definitely going to lean towards hot sauce on that one too. Do you continue to teach? So I would say yes, because I teach my kids daily. So I, I count that as teaching. Absolutely. They're four and six right now. So I would say they have the best culinary skills and nice <laughs> Definitely in terms of... No, but that's a fun age. (laughs) 
it is just getting them involved and saying, even during a meal to say like, this is what you're eating and trying different flavors, where this food has come from, trying different international cuisines and really getting them involved and interested. I'd say I teach them daily. And then in terms of baking and actual like skills in the kitchen, I do get them involved with helping out kind of like sous chef style. Does one prefer cooking over the other or are they both pretty much uh, interested in cooking and into the kitchen, helping mom? I would definitely say the older one is, (laughs) I don't know if it's an age thing, but she is more interested in trying new flavors. So with spicy food, for example, uh, more recently she was able to eat more like spicier foods, which I was very surprised because that's something that was developed. So as a kid, mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's too spicy. And then it had, I think it was Korean fried chicken and it was extra hot. I couldn't even take it. I was like, okay, give me some, you know, some drinks on the side. And she eat it. And yeah, she's definitely more interested in trying new flavors and helping out. And I let her use the knife. I know some people might be, and I, I don't have like a children's knife. Like it's, I have like paring knives and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. I, I have, it's whatever's in my kitchen and she's able to, to use that and help me cut vegetables and prep a lot of the vegetables I say in general. Okay. I think there's a budding chef happening there. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> During the holidays, my family and I, so including extended uh, family cousins, we went to a cottage. So there was a lot of us, I don't know, 40 mm-hmm. of us. And I taught everyone how to make Chinese dumplings, the siumais, and it was amazing. And I had the most unbelievable feeling where I was in the kitchen and had cousins of all ages from like two to five to teenagers to older and gathered around to learn how to make this dumpling. And they were all very interested and they learned a new technique. It really it really filled me with joy. It was like, so I do that with family gatherings. I love when someone says, I love your dish. What's in it? How do you make it? I love to share. So in terms of other platforms, like on my Instagram, my blog and YouTube, I do try to give advice and I do teach. And then I also have taught my first Cantonese class last year um, in collaboration with my chef friend. She on Instagram, she's Aphrodite Cooks, Chef uh, Vanessa Young at her studio. So that's where I officially taught a Cantonese class. We had about 12, 13 students and we went through a meal from, I guess, appetizer to entrees and and, uh, dessert. And then I have another class likely to happen this year. It was supposed to be earlier, but because of the pandemic, it's going to be moved until who knows when. What are the staples of Cantonese cooking? Like where can people find specialty ingredients that are required for some of the recipes? Because let's, let's be honest, some ingredient substitutions just don't work. So the good thing about Cantonese, it's very accessible. And that's majority of the restaurants who come uh, in North America, Cantonese cuisine. So some of like a, a major chain in, in Toronto is Kanji Queen. And a lot of the restaurants down in, in Chinatown, um, down at you know, Spadine and Dundas, are many are also Cantonese. So I guess the dishes such as Cantonese chow mein, to noodles, to dim sum, uh, wonton noodles and soup with egg noodles are very Cantonese. So the good thing is if you didn't want to cook, you can go out and you can get Cantonese cuisine. It is very popular and it is delicious. 
So in terms of if you wanted to get it at home, it's the good thing is now at a lot of international sections at grocery stores, such as from No Frills, Loblaws, pretty much all the non-Chinese or Asian grocery stores in the international section, you can find ingredients such as sesame oil, soy sauce, hoisin, oyster sauce, and maybe just hot sauce or like shrimp paste. That is very Cantonese. And you can even start with those five things and kind of bring home and and use them in different dishes. Ooh, shrimp paste. I got to try that. Yeah. So shrimp paste is Cantonese, but it's also used in like Southeast Asia. So in Vietnam and Thailand, they also use shrimp paste. It's uh, very versatile. It's delicious. It's pungent. So it's a love or hate thing. You're making something in shrimp paste and you're stir frying it. So if you put a spoonful, a little goes a long way. You will know you're making something with shrimp paste. You'll come in, you're like, oh, it's shrimp paste, stir fry. Or yeah, you can definitely smell it and it's strong, but it is pungent, but very aromatic. And it it's very specific. See, I would have guessed the opposite. I would have been completely wrong on that. Because I just think when I'm cooking up shrimp, but I guess... When you turn it into that paste, it condenses in. Yeah, yeah. It's like super salty and concentrated. So it can, a lot of times with the Cantonese cuisine, um, you know, you would add a little bit of sugar to kind of balance out the flavor. So with Cantonese cuisine, I would say that why I love it so much is a lot of the ingredients really shine. So if you're looking at steamed fish, for example, it is the whole fish. The soy sauce is like a sweetened soy sauce with some ginger and some scallions on it, but you can really taste the fish. So it's it's not overcomplicated. It's not like submerged in like spicy oil, which I also love, but it's a different regional. It's it's a, like a Northern Chinese dish. Um, so I would say that it, it's a, it's more simply made dishes are very well balanced in flavor. So you do have like the sweet and the salty and the umami and, and I would say stock in general is another thing that is my secret and also very common in Cantonese cuisine is to always have, just say, we call it master stock, but just say it's chicken stock and to have that available because when you add it to, you typically add it to sauces. So if you're making uh, chow mein, or if you're making fried rice, if you're making like stir fry of any sort from vegetables to meat, you typically would add a bit of chicken stock to any of the store-bought sauces. And you might thicken that with cornstarch. Oh, cornstarch would also be another must-have ingredient um, in Cantonese cuisine. And what advice or where would you recommend the novice cook start off when cooking? For Cantonese, I would say fried rice. Uh, Because the best fried rice is using leftover fried rice so uh, sorry leftover rice so it doesn't matter if you have like jasmine rice basmati or different rice if you have leftover rice which you probably do because you might not force mm-hmm. it correctly take that and use any leftover protein vegetables frozen vegetables throw that in add a little bit of soy sauce like and that's easy if it so with when you're making sauce my advice is put it in a bowl Taste it. If soy sauce is too salty, add water. If it's if you like a sweet, add sugar. Taste your sauce always. 
before you add it into your fry break. So you know that the end result will be good because you've already tasted the sauce that was going into it. So I would say fried rice would be the best, easiest Cantonese meal because you already have a lot of these ingredients and you can make it your own. I'm Mary Mamaliti and you're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast. Today, I'm talking with Mary Tang of Mary's Happy Belly. What are you cooking or something or doing right now in your kitchen? What's happening in your kitchen right now? Ooh, so a combination. Oh, well, I would say uh, dumpling wrappers and noodles. So I go out, I typically go out for dim sum because there's just so much variety of dumplings. And so when I make it at home, a lot of times I, I, I can make the wrappers, but for some, like the hagao, which means the shrimp dumplings, the wrapper I've made many, many times. I would say I still need a little bit more time to perfect it to make it a little bit more translucent and thinner. So that's something I'm trying to perfect. And also to make my own noodles. I love, love noodles, like probably over rice if I had to choose. And because I love noodles so much, I typically buy it and it's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, I've made homemade pasta, but I do want to try making like homemade rice noodles and, and different noodles at home. Okay. Rapid fire. Who invented pasta? Chinese. <laughs> the Chinese pizza and then the Italian pizza. Came along. <laughs> I was waiting to throw that one in. I love it. Back to kitchen. What about kitchen design? Especially we spend so much time in it. We, we have a flow to us that we like. What's the one thing that you either love and one that you hate most about your kitchen? Okay. So my kitchen, I would say is, I, I mean, I live in a house, but it has a, I have a small counter space mm-hmm. and I've had people come over and say, Oh, how do you cook in here? It's like your kitchen is so small. And I'm like, thanks. Oh, no way. <laughs> Here's the door. Just kidding. <laughs> And it doesn't matter. Like at the end of the day, like you can cook a meal for 50, you can cook a meal for one with any space that you have. You can vlog and take beautiful pictures with, as long as you have one window, I think it really doesn't matter. You can pull up a chair. So I say in general, yes, it's nice to have more counter space and definitely any space is good. So what I do love is that my kitchen oversees the backyard. So I feel like sunlight. I love daytime prepping and, and blogging during the day, like just get better pictures. But I think oh, that's nice. just <laughs> makes everyone happier, just better weather and yeah, just sunny days, even in the winter. So having my kitchen face the window, I think makes my mood so much better. Do you have a favorite kitchen hack? Yes. It will, I think it would be tools. So I think it's important to have really good tools. So there is this one claw that looks like a jar, like a, a, like you can lift jars out of, like when you're making. Oh yeah, yeah, I know. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Very similar one that they sell at Chinese stores. And I say it's a must have. So what happens when you steam anything? Like it'd be like steam spare ribs, steam fish. And you have this plate on your trivet in whatever pot, you need the mm-hmm. claw to be able to lift up your dish and properly place it on the table. Before I had it, 
I had steamed fish. I tried to take it out. And of course it became lopsided. I tripped in my kitchen and the <laughs> the fish fell <gasps> to the floor because I wasn't holding it properly. And so since then I was like, it's too hot. Even if I had a glove, there's no easy way to do it without your material or cloth kind of dipping into your dish and it would just mm-hmm. start to take out. So I'd say that cloth is important. Just good tools in general. I think just having sharp knives, having your favorite kitchen gadgets. So like instant pot might be a kitchen gadget that people love and including myself or for certain things to speed up time. Um, just having really good tools. Like if you're going to zest a lemon, make sure you have lemon zester, things like that. Okay. Rapid fire. If you could have a superpower, what would it be? Superpower to have, to like be able to snap and the food that I dream of just appears in front of me. So I get to see Oh, I like that. You're the <laughs> first one to answer that. What is your junk food kryptonite? Chips. If your fridge could talk, what would be the one word it would use to describe your snack choices? Crunchy. <laughs> Plus chips. <laughs> Name five foods you always keep in your fridge at all times. Milk. Lots of condiments. I'm just going to classify that as one. Uh, fruits bread, and soup of some sort. Who is your favorite chef? That's a hard one. I have, I have like a couple. I'm just going to, I'm just going to name them. Um, Jamie Oliver, Gordon Ramsay, Marcus Samuelson, Anthony Bourdain. I see Mary's a rule breaker. I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) I can't. They all have their own reasons why I love them all. Favorite Toronto restaurant? Uh, pie. It's a Thai restaurant. Oh, where is it? It's a, I think it's Duncan and King Street. So it's owned by Chef Nui Regular. It's a Thai restaurant. It is my favorite Thai restaurant in the entire city. I, I had my milestone. I won't say how old I was <laughs> last year there with some friends. And it's my go-to place for special occasions. It's so good. And it's called pie. Yeah. P-A-I. Nice. Uh, ingredient you're most afraid of? <laughs> I'm not afraid of anything. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to say uh, a really active lobster. I like cooking lobster, but when they're really active and I have to, you know, put it to sleep and all that stuff, I I, I don't love it. That is yeah. such a nice way of saying it. Put it to sleep. <laughs> Tuck it in. Yeah. Um, celebrity you would love to cook for? Oh, geez. I would say any of the chefs that I mentioned. So Marcus Samuelson, because he's so amazing. I read his memoir and I've been obsessed um, with him. But to be able to cook for a celebrity chef and say, you eat my food, like I love yours. So, you know, what do you think? I think that would really make me happy. Justin Timberlake brought sexy back. What would you bring back? I would bring back 80s, like cooking shows, like cooking cooking shows like walk with yen you remember i used to love him yeah i used to watch him all the time yeah same yeah so bring 80s back bring back those those nostalgic shows and i ask every guest to share with us their kitchen confession do you have one (laughs) i do so i mean as long as i can remember i was like since I was a kid and a teenager, I was always talking out loud when I cook. 
<laughs> like I was pretending to be a host of a cooking show. I'm pretty sure a lot of people. Oh, I love that. But I was like very hardcore. I was just always like, there's one spoonful of this. And I've always dreamed of that. When I was working a corporate job, you know, like maybe 10 years ago, and I've told everyone like, oh, you know, it's fun working here, but you know, I really want to be a cooking show host. And even when we had potlucks, I would be explaining my dish as if I was being judged. It's just so fun. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, I'm just happy that I, you know, checked it off my bucket list. And now that I just, you know, want to go on to the next challenge, whatever that may be. So that's my kitchen confession. I love it. I think that's hilarious. And if listeners want to reach out for more information from you, get in contact, follow along, how can they find you? I am most active on my Instagram. So my Instagram stories. So I'd say to just directly message me on Mary's Happy Belly. But in general, I am pretty active on all my social media handles. So it's at uh, Mary's Happy Belly on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, on Pinterest, Mary's Happy Belly.com is my website. Mary, thank you so much for joining me talking food and uh, indulging me in in some of my cheesy jokes. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. It's that time we've reached the end of another show. Be sure to visit kitchenconfession.com for more recipes and foodie finds. I'd like to thank producer and editor Matt Agnew and I'm Mary Mamaliti. See you at the next episode. 